do a quick one now. Let's do a quick one, one two, now. one two. One wave thingies need to be fixed, or else I will throw thingies. a fucking fit. Wave thingies. Wave thingies in order. Check, 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 check it out. Dance cracked. Oh, it was almost in in uh in synchronicity. Unison. Yeah, that'll do. That that one. My made up word was way better. Uh, synchronicity. I said synchronicity. Yeah, nosity. Nah, nah. That's all right. Shit always smells worse than it tastes. It's true. It's true. I mean, these ones just taste like fucking apple juice anyway. They do. Okay. On a hot day, I could very easily sit down and drink a carton of them. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, with, without a hassle. With, with ease. It's the Cult of Popularity Podcast. All right, welcome back, coppers. We are on the Cult of Popularity podcast, the only cult that doesn't have a high body count. How do you get it right every single time? We're fucking professional. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, this week we are discussing the trio of uh, Commander Keen video game series, uh, Rick and Morty, the television series, and the potentially one of the greatest films ever made, well, oh, one of the greatest, definitely, one, definitely of the greatest, one of the greatest yeah. films ever made, Shawshank Redemption. Fantastic film. Banger of a film as the young it kids really, say. really, really is. We'll get into that one later though, because apparently it could not have been the great film that it is today. But let's kick it off with Commanders. Commander Keynes. He is. He was rather keen. Keen as a bean. Keen as a bean. Funny you should say that. The uh, Navy ship, what was it? The... Beans and... Oh. Frankenbeans? No. No, nah, it wasn't Frankenbeans. <laughs> little uh, something about Mary reference for everyone there. Just for everyone out there who likes a bit of something about Mary. That was, that was, that was Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz, yeah? Yeah. That's that, that one. Was one, yeah. one of his few okay to watch movies. That was, yeah, that was a good movie. Made good by other people around him more so, I think. I like how quickly we have already gotten off track. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> take long. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. We, we both finished school. I don't know what I'm talking about. Did we, though? I finished year 10, dropped out of year 11. Oh, I made it to year 12. No, I dropped out of year and 11. And then I was like, I'm done here. I set myself on fire in year 11, so I... Uh, right. Yeah. That's... um. It, so, hey. w- w- did you voluntarily leave then? Or did they say, we no, think no, it's well, best... I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, standing in the middle of a corridor, like, fuck this place, and then, like, dousing myself in petrol and shit. Um, no, I was in uh, metalwork, and I was cutting with an oxytorch, and probably wasn't wearing the most appropriate pants. Uh, they were just, like, some, like, cargo pant thing. Mm. And teacher came in and was like, Trent, you're on fire. And I'm like, I'm going all right. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing okay, sir, <laughs> I reckon. He's like, no, you're actually on fire. And then, like, I realized my pants were on fire. My leg was on fire, so I had to run to the other end of the... Uh, the workshop slammed my leg into the big cool off sink and then he took me to the hospital yeah right oh shit you actually got like second second degree burns second it? degree burns yeah. yeah didn't have to Fuck. have skin grafting or anything like that but yeah yeah right how how did you not know if you got second degree burns I could feel, feel like normal on my leg but I was just like so focused on what I was doing I wasn't even thinking about it and then yeah I think actually running was what caused the burn because like I before then it was just sort of warm on my leg but yeah um so uh to, had to drop out well I didn't have to they, they were like you can come back and redo year 11 and I'm like nah fuck that I'm just gonna go get a trade so I went and well I didn't actually go straight into chefing I went and did some other shit between them but yeah that's what I did and now you're here and now I'm here 
Very good. I guess, we should, I guess we should probably kick off before we even... Well, we've already kicked off, but we should say welcome to 2020, everyone. Holy shit, yeah. 2020 is here. It is upon us. I apparently now have to put up the whole fucking year of bad puns about seeing correctly from Trent. That's 100% going to happen. I'm glad that we have a shared vision. Oh, see, fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, uh, the beans with bacon mega rocket. What's the name of Oh, cool, we're back on topic. Yeah, we're back on topic. It was the beans with bacon mega rocket, which is actually a fucking awesome name, if it I do is. say so myself. It is. I like both those things. It's true. All of those things, even. All of those things, even the width. Even the width. Commander Kane, it was another pioneer game, really, it was. I remember playing it when I was a kid. I think Dad had it. Had got it on the computer that we got. But from what you, we discussed, I think it was just like a, like almost like a demo version. It was like the first chapter. Yeah, of yeah. So the way ID Software, well, the com- company eventually became. I think it was something like um, uh, what they call it. Start off with some of the Isle of the Deep or something, which I guess is where they got ID from in the end. Um, Not from like the different parts of your consciousness, like ID. Ego, uh, that, super, I think that was part ego. of it as well. So I, I guess yeah, I think I think that actually is Psychology where they got it thing. from. It was id from yeah Freud's um, theory there. But all oh, the deep, take everything out, you compress it. You know, you get id as well. You know, it could be both. Why not? Adele didn't work with them. No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, when they like made the game and were given like a poji approached them about releasing the game they had their freeware model of releasing it which was they made the three installments of like the first chapter released the first installment for free and then if you like it and you want to get the rest you pay for the next two episodes that's one way drug dealers do it yeah 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 first taste is free first taste is free then you gotta pay (laughs) you gotta fess up the cash um but yeah which is why most people had, like, the, that one episode. I think it was actually the second round they did, everyone had, which was more familiar for, or for at least for myself and most people I've, sp- I've spoken to, which would technically be, like, the fourth episode, but it's in, like, second installment of the games. Yeah, it's where you're in, like, the more, crash ship and you go walking through the little forest or... Yeah, well, I guess all the games... Yeah, I mean, the, the forest is more typical to that one. Mm. But, yeah, it was obviously... It was more colourful graphics they looked looked nicer than the original one yeah I like the pogo stick just randomly pogo stick was was cool it's in the first one you had to find the pogo stick first yeah but then after that I like that it was a bit of consistency you got to keep the pogo stick you never had to find it again like when you came back and did the like second rounds you didn't have to go back and find the pogo stick again because you already had it you found it in the very first game bit of bit of uh, continuity yes I don't know it's like a lot of games when they do sequels and stuff, and all of a sudden you're going back around and you've got to go get all this shit, which technically you already had. Why the fuck am I getting it again? Yeah. I know some games do do it well where they explain it. Like, I think one of the Just Cause games, when you start the next game, your grappling hook thingy, you have to get it repaired because at the end of the mission of the last game, it got broken. You see? That makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. You haven't completely lost it, however you fucked it up. Yeah. So now you got to fix it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Commander Keen was really good. I... I I mean, I didn't play it a lot as a kid, but I played it enough to like really enjoy it. And I think, I think when I just when I started to really get into it, I think that's when we got our Super Nintendo, and mm. I was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm playing Mario." And why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's um, yeah. And I, I've, I got first injuries. It was actually on one of the like it was the actually com- like a thing. It wasn't it like a segue between 
There is. Would you like me to do that? Yeah. Funny you should mention Mario, though, because Super Nintendo already had, I think they're up to Mario Bros. 3 at that stage. And the way the side-scrolling, the way side-scrolling worked on the consoles and everything else, couldn't be done on computers at the time. Yeah. So this is, this is where it becomes a pioneer game, because the developers actually went out and wrote the coding or whatever it was um, that allowed for the side-scrolling to go both ways. Like, I think they developed it so you could, like, continuously side-scroll in one direction. But on PCs at the time, you couldn't, like, go up and down and backwards and forwards with right. the 2D with the two D scrollers. So, they actually wrote the code and everything else that was required to actually be able to implement it into a game. That's pretty cool. It is, yeah. And they, they actually approached Nintendo as well and were like, look what we've done. Would you like to put Mario on PC? And they were like, fuck that They were like, nah, we, we're, keeping, no, we're keeping that shit locked down. Nintendo's it's Nintendo very, property. Nintendo's done very well for themselves. They don't play with well with others. No. They're like the Apple of the gaming world, except their shit's actually good. Their shit is good. I think I feel like they've got a little bit more lax on it recently. Like, you're seeing more developers, especially with the Switch coming out, you're actually seeing... I think I'm pretty sure I have mentioned this in a previous episode, mm. that you're seeing more of, those, of like, third-party developers actually having their content put onto the Nintendo Store and on the Switch now. Our example, the most Bethesda titles are now available on... On the Switch. On the Switch, as well as lots of others. Like, even Blizzard, you can read your Doom... Th- uh, Diablo 3, sorry. Yeah. Um, think, on there and things. I think they're more open to having other people's content on their devices. Mm. They've been not, very closed off about it previously, though. Yeah, they're not they're not real big on sharing their content, especially like the, that's fine. the main ones like, like Zelda and Mario, which are like their flagships, mm. I guess. That's cool. I've got no problem with that, but I think not allowing the others to come on board onto their hardware... Yeah, I mean they did have some crossovers back in the day, like like things like Mortal Kombat and mm. like Aladdin, Lion King stuff like that. They were on both Sega and Nintendo. Mm, I think it's more after like the Super Nintendo phase when they started going through, um, also like the GameCube and the Wii and everything else. N sixty four. Yeah, and yeah, the N sixty four totally missed it. The cracker of a fucking console. Mm, but I think that's where they started locking it down a bit more. Yeah. And didn't allow others to develop for them. I think it was also the way they did because they had the cartridges and stuff as well and they were very limited space. And usually whenever someone made a game for the Nintendo, it was usually then brought off to another company who would kind of port it and usually change it. An example, Tony Hawk's games. Different. Yeah. They had to like cut music and shit out of them because there wasn't enough space on cartridges and shit to actually put everything on there. Yeah, which is cool with the Switch now. Like they've gone, they're not essentially well, they're not exactly cartridges, but they've got the little SD mm. card thingies. Well, it's in, yeah, even if the space isn't on the cartridge, fucking download that shit nowadays and yeah, install it on one. there anyway. Yeah. As you yeah. said, with the SD cards, so technology's working in their favour. I like the fact they're sticking with that though, because it's like my big pet peeve is discs. I hate discs because mm. they scratch, they break. It's exactly like- why my mate had a Nintendo sixty four because he he had two other brothers and they were all fucking rough as guts on the with everything yeah so their parents bought them a Nintendo 64 because it's a lot harder for them to break a Nintendo 64 cartridge than it was to break a, break a PlayStation disc mate their whole console itself was, was rock solid like <laughs> if your TV fell off and landed on the on the N64 you need to buy a new TV true but I used to like the cartridges because like you could have a fight with one of your siblings and rip it out and fucking throw it at Just them pick. and then it'd still work <laughs> Back have, on we topic. Have, we have got off topic, though. Uh, so, very. So, so it helped It helped pave the way for, I guess, platforming on... PC, yeah. PC? Yeah, it really yeah. did. Mm. I, I do love a good platform game, even now. Oh, yeah, I love definitely. a good platformer. Yeah. They, 
Now, I guess the thing is with them today as well, you see there's a lot more going on in them so much. The gameplay style and everything's still the same. Nothing's changed. Yeah. But they can be much bigger. Graphics obviously look a little bit nicer. Even if they don't do too much with the graphics, but they just make the gameplay really cool. Mm. Like, for example, things like um, Super Meat Boy or Mm. um, Shovel Knight, those sorts of things. They're just, you know, basically 2D scrolling platformers. The things that you and I grew up on. Mm, but levels can be so much bigger, so many more bigger, hidden spaces. They can have cool things you can do. Levels are longer. The whole yeah. game itself can be longer. I don't know if any of them have done it, but you could even make something, you, know, you could even build something into it where if you get to a certain part and you pick up a certain power up, it like flips everything and it becomes like a full 3D game for like a level and then it drops back out. Get the fuck out. I know, you can do all kinds of shit. It's like a reverse doing what they do when you're playing Doom. Oh no, Doom's technically still 3D, isn't it? It is still 3D, but was cool. going back to the old school thing, same as Wolfenstein, they did the same thing mm. with that. Very good. We'll get on to them later, because they are part of this. They are, they are part of the uh, Commander Keen universe. Yeah. Um, very much intended. In, really? Yeah. Well, he's he's a fucking astronaut. True. He's also 11 years old. Yeah. He goes, oh, it's just something I didn't Don't realize. Ages, so, I started, when I did start playing them again, his real name is Billy Blaze. Which is a sick name. It is. It's actually a fucking awesome name. I wonder if my wife would get mad if I changed my name to Billy Blaze. Probably. Does that mean she would have to have to change her last name though? Not to sure. Yeah, to Blaze. <laughs> Rachel Blaze. <laughs> Why not? Isn't that um? Isn't Blaze also the last name of the Ghost Rider? Isn't his name Johnny Blaze? Or was that Johnny Blaze is the Fantastic Four Human Torch? Isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Okay. Could be both. I don't think it is. They're essentially the same fucking thing. They catch on fire. Yeah, but one's got a fucking wicked skull that's on fire. And rides a motorcycle. That's true. And it's chains and shit. But yeah, no, it's pretty crazy how they they did design it though. So, um, creators John Cormack and John Romero, who created, well, eventually id, they worked together at Soft Disk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, who weren't like, they didn't really do gaming as such as just like straight up programming for computers and everything else. And when they came up with the idea and showed other colleagues and things the technology they come with for the scrolling and everything, they were just like, "Don't give it a soft disk. Do your own thing with it." Because it was a, it, it was a huge breakthrough in regards to PC gaming. It was good they did that. Like they weren't dogs about it. Mm. So apparently what they would actually do, there was them and a couple of others um, on the weekends because they didn't have the equipment themselves to do it. They would actually like load up the computers from the office, take them home and work on it over the weekend. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Which soft disk eventually did find out about. Were they not well pleased? They, they weren't very pleased, but they did. They I guess yeah, from a business perspective, rather than like firing them or trying to, you know, punish them if you will they actually were like do you want to make a game for us compromise I like yeah, it yeah they compromised with them and I think that's when they made like they always um, if we started doing that just taking the computers home from work to do stuff <laughs> just going to take this with, what, what are you doing I've just, just, just I've got some things I've got things I've got that things don't need to be on. done so they did they ended up making and they ended up using I guess that opportunity where they were partially being funded I guess by soft disc to make another one they made like a, an in-between episode between like the main one and the next lot that they made oh where um it's like a dream one where Commander Keen's like in this dream world it has Commander no Keen dream yeah yeah that, so that was what they did and that's where they like tried out new things with the jumping and other you know, different things which was pretty cool 
Pretty cool. Because you can sort of fuck about a bit when you're doing like... Well, that's when it's it. Not, when it's not fully set in reality. Mm. Because an 11-year-old that travels through space killing aliens or stunning aliens... He did kill them in the first one. He did kill them in the first one. Which was something that... Um, I think it was Romero or maybe it was Cormac. Anyway, one of them was uh, actually pretty hard on him. Like, he wanted to make sure... You know, I guess in most games, you would, if you, like, killed an enemy or stunned them, whatever it was, they kind of fade away or just disappear. They disappear, yeah. He was very much upon... They stay on the fucking screen. Because he wanted it to be known that it was a permanent thing. The death is final. Yeah. Good on him. Well, that's a love a bit fair of darkness. Point. Yeah, it's a little bit dark, but, Hello you know... darkness, my old friend. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, that was pretty cool. And that is, yeah, why the enemies remain there. There you go. I wonder if that paved the way for like, you know, like in some games you can like pick up the bodies of your enemy mm. and then you can like stack them and like see how big of a pile you can get. Oh, you fucking dishonored. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much where I was swinging at with that one. Although I've been doing it in Odyssey where I've just been like picking up bodies and like launching them into shit, like into the lava in the volcanoes and fucking into the ocean and I haven't just seen a shark. Wherever I, wherever I can. I haven't seen a shark come up yet. Cause, like, and I know, eat one of them. Yeah, and like eat like the body. Like I know in Mafia 3, if you're down by the water because you're in the bayou in uh, New Orleans, you can uh, throw, when you throw bodies into the water, a croc, or it'd be an alligator, I guess, a gator comes up and eats them. Has a, has a bit of a munch. A bit of a munch. Mm. You, I think you can achieve it. I was always thinking just the body thing was from that, that bloke who used to do those YouTube videos, the Christopher Walken throws. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, I'm doing some whore tossing. That was a very bad Christopher Walken. It was horrible. Yeah, I, that was, I wouldn't say I could do any better, but yeah, it was pretty horrible. Yeah, uh, but yeah, horror Tarson. No, 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 real bad. Real bad. I won't, I won't try again. Sorry, people. That was good. It was just like, got all the boys just fucking chucking him off the back and he trying to hit the guard that was down below. Yeah. Did you just silently try and silently yeah, try do it to see if you could nail it? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Doing some horror Tarson. Well, that was, that was better than mine. better than yours. Yeah, it was yeah. better than mine. Um, so this was pretty cool so when they actually made the first demo of like just what they could do so they didn't have a game in mind they actually called it um, Dangerous Dave in Copyright right Infringement because okay. they basically made it on like a Mario style level and stuff because this is what they were about to use just to show what they could do and like give it to Nintendo and be like look what we can do on PC and I think Romero was actually the creator of Dangerous Dave so not full copyright infringement but they basically recreated a Mario level and just put Dangerous Dave in there. Yeah. Which you see a lot of now anyway with, like, rip-offs of Mario and stuff. Mm, that's true. I reckon Nintendo will shut that shit down too. Nintendo did not like their IPs being mate. taken mate. or used any, by anyone mate. other yeah. than themselves. Nintendo are like devout nuns. They don't fuck around. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened today if Nintendo had to take them up and expanded to PCs rather than just locking it down on... I think it would have created too much of a gap for their, donut, for their demographic, though. Because, like, the stuff you could do on the, for example, on the SNES, with PCs, even PCs at the time, you would have been able to do a lot more in Oregon. No, that was the whole point of what they did. They were doing stuff that hadn't been done on PCs and couldn't be done on PCs at the time. Well, not they couldn't, but hadn't had not been done. Been done. They yeah. Had, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Once they figured out the formula, they'd be able to... Mm, true. It created, it created a gap. It's like if you've got a mate now that plays... Yeah, you, you two are playing the same game on one on console and one on PC... You know, your PC mates can have the edge because he's got all the, the whiz-bangy shit. Hmm. And then, then yeah, there was also a massive boon for Apogee, Commander Kane. They were like, they were doing okay. Apparently, they were only making about $7,000 a month from what they were doing, which was basically like people calling up $30. Like, 
fucking post games out to people that liked their free free instalment of the first episode or whatever whatever game it may have been it's Commander Keen a precursor for Netflix is that, what you, is that literally <laughs> or Apogee Apogee maybe Apogee <laughs> um, but no so this is so this is the increase in sales that Apogee got after Invasion of the Vorticons was released so they went from going from around seven thousand dollars a month to about thirty thousand, and by nineteen ninety one, the game was making sixty thousand a month for them. Fuck hell! So I made sixty grand a month. Yeah, oh, you got to remember they got to pay employees and stuff, man. But still, that was just the game itself was pulling increased overall business costs or income from seven thousand to sixty thousand on that one game. Wow, that's that's pretty huge. Mm. And then. Then Apogee felt stooged after they released the next one, though, because they only made, like, two episodes, and then they released a third episode through another company. An old mate who originally signed them up was like, why are you go doing like this? Right. And he actually feels... Because the second lot of games didn't do as well as the original, and he feels like that's the reason why, because they didn't have the two other episodes that you would normally buy after the first one was released to go along with it, so people weren't as willing I guess to pay the money if they're only getting that one extra episode rather than two yeah which makes yeah. sense yeah that makes sense and there was meant to be another trilogy of episodes as well oh really yeah called The Universe is Toast um but however yeah bacon with beans I get it um due to id software moving on to make 3D shooters <laughs> i.e. Wolfenstein 3D and Doom they stopped and focused on that instead well there you go I don't know if we'll ever see Commander Keen come back uh, well, or anything. Oh, I don't know about remaster. Is that where you're going to fucking end my whole world and be like, oh, actually, the good one in the works? No, but someone did make a game. I think it was around 2000. They did make just a Commander King game, which is more. I think it was new, but, but more of a homage to it, I guess. Oh, yeah. And I think it was actually made for the Game Boy. Wow. Hmm. An old Game Boy. Which is uh, different. But yeah. Definitely very different. Now the now Billy Blaze is Doom Guy's dad. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they are all connected. They are all connected. I know in one of the, in in one of the Dooms, you get to a secret room and there's like just dead Commander Keens like hanging from the roof. So which is a bit rough. Which is it's rough on a number of levels. <laughs> it like, is, isn't it? One, that's your dad. Two, it's a fucking child. Because <laughs> they're all like fucked up hanging from the mm. ceiling yeah so yeah um, the Romero and Tom Hall um, made official in January 2018 on Twitters so it's on Twitters people it's official as fuck mate if it's on the internet it has to be real it has to be um, but yes but Billy Blaze is also the grandson of William BJ Blazkowicz who is the Wolf- main protagonist from Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein which technically what that makes him the great grandfather of, of Doom Guy. Guy yeah yeah there is a theory on the internet that Link, Doom Guy, and Master Chief from Halo are all the same person. The same person. It's the same incarnation of the same person, but in different periods of time. Really? Yeah. How? What? Well, if you think about it, Zelda is very time-based. It is. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can get the, I can get where the time travel aspect comes out. I just don't see Link and Doom Guy. They wear green armor. I don't know. It's just, that, that's about the only thing that's I can about think the of. Only yeah, Link. But yeah, there's a whole... If you want to go down that rabbit hole, jump on the interwebs and uh, mm. have a look through it. But yeah, there's a lot to unpack and I don't really want to do it right now. Yeah, no, nah, let's, let's not. That, that's, uh, um, 
<laughs> that's one for if you're playing along at home that's one for you yeah it's your homework I guess yeah communicating obviously very heavily set around travel, traveling through space and aliens and things gonna like that gonna stop you right there right there's one more thing I want to touch on Fuck which is the I'll segue into the dope fish so I like both those things oh there's one thing it is one word ah <laughs> Um, Dopefish is from the Secret of the Oracle episode and apparently it's actually become one of the biggest industries like in joke within the video gaming industry where it's just made fucking heaps of cameos and other things I think it's actually stated that apparently the Dopefish is meant to be the second dumbest the thing in the universe what's the first dumbest? no one no one said right it was upsetting cool so what's the Dopefish? So Dopefish is in the underwater episodes in Secret mm-hmm. of the Oracle. When you go around that massive fucking green fish. I vaguely remember that. Mm, go around and it just like goes around and kind of just like has this, yeah, like stupid dopey ass look on its face. And every now and again, it'll just kind of stop and I don't know if like farted or something. But yeah, but it'll chase around. It's fucking massive. And yeah, it's just like got this like real idiot looking f- expression on its face all the time. There you go. Mm. Do you not know about that? Yeah, apparently it's appeared in like heaps of video games. I like how where I was looking at it, it's like it, it said that. Didn't you gave you, gave no example. Single example. <laughs> Do not show it's working once. <laughs> but as you were saying, as I was saying, heavily said around uh, space travel and and aliens and different uh, different beings and things like that, which is a perfect segue into Rick and Morty. The Morty and Ricks. Yeah. Which has become out of one of the biggest phenomenons, almost. Would you say? to hit television in quite a long time I would say yeah I'd, I'd agree with you there it's um cause there was a bit of a lull when it came to like animated TV series that massively impacted pop culture mm. like I mean you have your, like your Archers and Bob's Burgers and stuff but they're more still sort of niche they are a little bit yeah that, that people think whereas pretty much everyone knows Rick and Morty even if they haven't seen much of it they know Pickle Rick they know is it like you can't avoid it like, like everyone Regardless of watching it or not, no, it's about Rick and Morty. Son of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> um, everyone knows oh, yeah, that. Yeah, now. but, but B- BTW, spoilers. Spoilers if coming you have not four. seen the first half of season four yet. There will be spoilers. There are going to be some spoilers. Like there will we'll be blood. That one there early. will be spoilers. But no, honestly, Rick and Morty came in and I don't remember who first told me about it. Like, man, you got to see this show. It's fucked up and it's awesome. I was like, um... Okay, fucked up and it's awesome. I'll, I'll check that out. And like you do, fall in love with it instantly. Feel that sick, I weird, twisted sense of it. Didn't fall in love with no, it. Oh, yeah, controversy. Like what's the first two episodes? I think, and I was like, maybe I was wasn't in the right frame of mind for it or something at the time. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. And then my brother, I think, was, was actually like, man, just stick with it, like. <laughs> Just watch a couple more episodes, and then I watched a couple more episodes. I think it was the Me Seeks episode in season one <laughs> that really hooked me in, because I yeah, just cracked me up. Nah, first episode got me, like straight up, just like Morty. I need you to do this. Need you to put it way up way your ass, up your way butt. up there, Morty. It's way up in your butt, isn't it? Way up in your butthole, Morty. Way yeah, up yeah. there. Grandpa's done it too many times. <laughs> It's just, yeah, he's just like, oh my fucking God, this is so fucking wrong. But That's it's hilarious. Like, like when I actually sat down and watched it properly and, and enjoyed it, I actually really, yeah, like, 
got me hooked and it is fucked up i love rick mm. rick is rick's like my spirit animal he's like it's he's just spirit animal yeah he's abrupt he does not give a fuck he says incredibly hurtful things <laughs> with complete disregard <laughs> with complete disregard it just just goes for it well i think i like it like it goes for that shock value humor it's overly crass but somehow it does it without it it's still intelligent because it, 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 yeah exactly like, it's still intelligent but it does it in a way that even though it is rude like it some of it a lot of toilet humor and everything else like that in it yeah but, but it's not, it's it never not as crude and abrupt in your face as something like say south park mm. it's not that upfront crude like a lot of it's there is some really upfront you know uh inappropriate sort of i guess what you'd say in the inappropriate humor oh but, definitely but yeah i think the fact that rick especially when he says horrible things to people that you would normally sort of cringe at a little bit and then doubles down to the fact where he shows his workings like like this is why you're a piece of shit this is why <laughs> i just said that and then lo- like logically puts it out there it's like well you can't really refute it now that's it it's um oh yeah it's absolutely great i mean obviously he was a bit of controversy as well um i guess not so much it's funny it's not the content that's caused the controversy though even though probably that should be at some points there's more the fact that delays in episode season breaks and things like that piss people just, off yeah dude yeah just because people want more yeah they want more now i don't like the fact that it's really hard to find uncensored versions of it because mm. like even it on is- netflix it's like it's all bleeped out and stuff. It is. Except for shit. They say shit. And they yeah, it's more like when they say fuck. Yeah. Have they dropped any C-bombs? Ooh. I can't remember if they dropped any C-bombs. That's a good question. Not sure. That one. The, the C- well, C-bombs getting more, more accepted these days. It is. As much as we don't like Game of Thrones, I feel like that's helped. Have we had this conversation before? About C-bombs and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm feeling mm. that we have. Although, before Game of Thrones, there was Spartacus. Spartacus. Which was done on stars. I thought yeah. we, had, we had this exact same we, we probably have. It's good. Rehash. Spartacus is Previously, good, though. Previously, popularity. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, like, I, I love the C-bomb. Like, cunt is one of my favourite words. Just because it's it's short, sharp, it's to the point. Really gets people's attention very quickly. <laughs> Indeed, it does. I'll tell you what, you will see heads fucking on my You're in public nap. and you go, listen here, cunt. Everyone just, woo, what the What's fuck going is going on? down? Cameras are out, fucking people yeah. are like, fight, fight, fight. It's like, well, that's, well that's not what's happening. Uh, but Rick and Morty's great. Uh, first, we'll talk about the first three seasons, then we can sort of preface the fourth one with another spoiler warning, I guess. That's nice. Yeah. That's not, with a proper spoiler warning, we won't tell people and then tell them it was. We're just giving them this massive spoiler. Yeah, this is which is our usual mo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, first three seasons are really, really good. You've got oh, so much that happens in them, oh, and you meet so many cool characters along and the see, way. Well, first season, probably Mister Meeseeks was like the takeaway from. Oh, the, the, the first most season, memorable the- episode and most memorable character would have to be Mister Meeseeks. He actually makes another appearance, I think, in the same season but only in the background when they're at Chips and Blitz. Mm. Mm. You can see him in the back, chip, Chips and Blitz, Lips, whatever it is, in the background helping someone win a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he's probably the, they're probably the biggest takeaway from that one there. And then... It was in the first season as well, though, where where you find out, like, the alternate realities and stuff, and they have to, they fucking jump reality and, like, kill themselves. 
and just take over them in that reality. Is that first season? Pretty sure it was the first season. It's pretty sure it's like the second episode, isn't it? It's second, where, third episode? No, it's, it's one of the later ones, isn't it? It's where Morty gets that love potion thing to get Jessica to fall in love with him. Mm. And she's got the flu and it becomes viral and they all turn into Cronenberg people. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like the third, season, third that's, episode. That's, that's the whole thing in one in a nutshell. Yeah. It's crazy because, yeah, so many different, yeah, like science fiction theories and out there shit going on. All the multiple realities and everything and multiverses and yeah and then like the cancel the fucking ricks when they um when they go into the citadel of ricks i love how they've got that in the episode it's all about the the citadel of ricks mm. the they've got in the city by the eagles playing as they go in and it just really fits that scene like so well mm. and there's actually another little fun fact in that episode is there's an altered version of the theme song from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas when Cop Morty's driving through the streets it plays in the background is that like the the loading screen yeah. theme fucking that is iconic as fuck yeah and like I didn't notice it at first but then when I did a bit of research and I found out because I was researching that episode to find like any little tidbits on mm. it and little hidden meanings and then I found that and then I went back and watched it and I'm like how the fuck did I miss that so it's true, and I think, yeah, you do have to go back and, like, watch a lot of episodes, because there are those subtle references. I've watched the whole thing through, like, at least, probably 20 times, I reckon. 20 times? Yeah. Shit, I couldn't fucking do that. I can't, I can't re-watch TV shows that many times, especially, in, like, in a short space of time. I, watch them, I just watch them because, like, I watch them when I'm having dinner. Yeah. If I'm eating, so I just put them on, and I'm like, I think it's because I, I associate eating and watching cartoons if I'm watching, sitting in front of something eating. So he's like, because Simpsons used to be on at dinner time, so I'd watch, like, that. Why change now? That's right. I'm, a, I'm an adult. I do what I want. So the second season, was second season Citadel of the Ricks? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's pretty sure when they introduce like the Council of the Ricks and Council everything goes crazy. Because that's at the end of the second season. Isn't that when Rick goes to sacrifice himself? Yeah. It, he, and it's like when we first see some real compassion from the Rick. From the Rick man. Which we then find out that like the beginning of season three was just another one of his self-serving he's, he's always fucking like, he's always like a million steps ahead of everyone <laughs> I think it's is it the first season or is it the second season I can't remember what you're more mixed up when they got the um they, what are they called are they called like Nigerian scammers or something like that they're like a obviously it's meant to be like a take on Nigerian scammers but it's like they're like an alien planet that like steals information from people and they want his um his recipe for concentrated dark matter Oh, is that the one where they keep putting him in uh, virtual Simu- reality? In a simulation, inside a simulation, inside yeah. a simulation. And <laughs> Which then, is what? And then ma- what he- the massive piss take on... Um, you know the movie. It's got Leo in it. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. I think it actually might be called... Is it called Rickception or something like that? Yeah, maybe I think it would be... Virtual reality might be a different one that I'm thinking of. Virtual reality is another one, yeah. But they... Um, that is the big... That's the season three opener, isn't it? Nah, nah, nah. nah. Season three opener is where... Where he, yeah, where he's in the he's in the simulation, but that's that, that's, that's virtual a, reality. Well, that's virtual reality. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, we are thinking of different yeah, episodes. Then. Oh like, yeah, no, he's got the aliens. Yeah, no, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember which season it's in. Though, sorry. And they're talking about stuff, and then they like he makes them think that they've they've won and they've got the right recipe and stuff. But he's actually giving them like a recipe for something super explosive, mm. and it like blows up their whole spaceship. But on the way out. He's like Jerry's in the in the spaceship with him, and he's just talking shit to him. He's like, you know, the can't believe you got it. You got out. So you finally got the great Rick. Finally got outsmarted. Like, you know, you know, what are you gonna do about that? Blah blah blah. He's like, I don't know. Why? And then like, you see the ship explode in the background. He's like, why don't you ask the smartest people in the universe? Oh wait, you can't. They're all dead. <laughs> and then he like does, starts like really badly humming Baker Street as he puts his seat back. 
awesome. That's Love um, his attitude. Something else I did miss, though, going from season three to season four, because in season three, um, Beth and Jerry separated. Yes. When did they get back together? I totally missed that. Is there must be did something actually happen at the end of season three, or did, is it just kind of forgotten about and they're just Jerry's just living back at home again at the end of they slept they slept in season two or season three the end of season two so during season three they're not together Jerry's got his own his own bachelor pad that's during season two no it's just season three you sure yeah because I'm pretty sure they get back together when I'm trying to think when they get back together I'm not sure but they hmm. um. Yeah. Oh, obviously, I've missed something somewhere along the lines. Not I just went with the flow. I was like, cool. Jerry's back in the house now. Whatevs. Yeah. I think one of the saddest moments... Well, not really the saddest moment, but one of the sad moments is when Beth shoots Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> Poor Mr. Poopy Butthole. What a name. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. There are some really, like, sad, sad moments as well. Like, when you really... when they, There's episodes... There's certain episodes where they really should give you an insight into how like loan like Rick says it all the time and puts it off passes it off as a joke about when you're the smartest person in the universe it's hard to have friends or whatever mm. and it really shows like there's certain episodes where it really shows he's more vulnerable side and shows just how lonely he is inside himself mm. even though he's got all these people around him he's lonely because he's isolated they're not on his like, level they're not on his level Beth might come close but no she's not as smart as a dad no but um, it was. I think it's. Uh, was it Birdman? Is that his name? Birdman? Bird person. Bird person. That's it. Gender you know, neutral. G- gender neutral. That was a sad episode. When Bird person died. Yeah. That's the end of season two. That's how they capture Rick. That's right. Yeah. And Bird person's wedding because Tammy's a thing, and then Bird person comes back as like a phoenix thing, but then you never see it again. I don't think. Oh, you never know. You never know what's in store. We've still got five episodes to go. Still five episodes to go. Episodes to go. We could, could have anything. But I, I do like, there's an episode, you know the episode where um, Beth goes back into the imaginary world that Rick created mm-hmm. for her? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he did it to keep the kids in the neighborhood safe because she was just like him and she was like evil. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, he's like, it was easier to do that than clone any kid that crossed your sociopath. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a fucking great line. Like, that, it, it's subtle. Like, you, it, it brushes over so quick. But then, um, and then he goes on to say, um, whatever, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's like, does that work there? I don't care. I'm committing to it. Mm-hmm. Whatever, Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is so cool how it's hard to know just exactly how self aware Rick and even Morty actually are that they are cartoon characters as well. Yeah. Because obviously there's multiple times now they've broken the fourth wall. Oh, they break, they shatter the shit out of the yeah. fourth wall. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see at some point a l- bigger play on just exactly how fully self-aware they are. Is it just something that's done in regards to... Because it's usually at the end of an episode promoting like the next season or, or what's going to happen that season or something like that. Whether it, it could go further... And they actually fully acknowledge, like, the audience in other ways other than, like, just the end of episodes where they just kind of talk and be like, oh, see you next time. That was maybe Mr. Poopy Butthole, was that right? Because that sounded very... Mr. Poopy, oh. apart from, yeah, I guess Mr. Poopy Butthole obviously is fully fucking aware because he's, he's full on talking to the audience yeah. about what's oh, going maybe on. maybe I'm going to have a big old man beard by the time you come back. Like, that's a direct shot at, yes, we know it takes a long time for us to get next seasons out. Mm-hmm. Well that's, the, well, that's the reason why they... Well, between three and four, because they were negotiating with Adult Swim in regards to actually getting a... F- fourth season. R- well, not just a fourth season, but more than a season. 
signed up for because only getting renewed for a season at a time. Yeah. And so they went to negotiations and managed to get like an, a contract for 70 episodes after season three, which was meant to... We'll see what happens after season four. Yeah. Because they said if we can get that, there won't be as long between seasons because we can... Start smashing. Dedicate... Oh, yeah. And we don't have to like, do side projects not knowing what's going on with Rick and Morty. Yeah. So, oh, oh, it, oh, at the same time, though, I'm pretty sure Justin Roiland is a bit of a procrastinator. He's admitted himself. I see what actually happens with that and whether or not we'll be seeing a season five at the end of 2020 or we're going into like middle of 2021 or something because it usually take what 18 months to two years yeah between seasons so I'll, I'll be happy with about 12 months between seasons being released that, that's standard yeah I think the big takeaway from season three was Pickle Rick wasn't it no that won them an award they won an award for that episode yeah it was a good episode hmm. I like like he's fighting all them rats and he's got the big muscly rat he's like you notice that he can give you a, a nickname like Scar or brute or something like that it's like because to me you're not special you're special to them and then he kills them. like <laughs> fucking hell let's, yeah. talk, let's talk a little shit while he's fucking stuff up mm. oh yeah oh, Rick's fantastic the Meat Sticks make it make now spoilers spoiler warning spoilers here we go, we go we're going make, into season 4 territory people Meat Sticks make a return in season 4 they do I mean they, they, they popped up in I think they've popped up in like background or very minor roles in season two and three but they were back actually like actually having a purpose yeah in season season four and then they have the the, he has the kirkland leftover meeseek ones which are like real like angsty fucking red (laughs) meeseek yeah just weird Mm, strange yeah season four so far has got off with a bang it's been pretty good um i've enjoyed it like what's his name what was his name is it floopty or whatever his name is the don't you want to develop an app? Yeah. <laughs> Don't develop an app. Fucking Jerry. Of course it's Jerry. Of course, of course it's Jerry, because Jerry's a fucking moron. <laughs> in the other episode in season four. That was season four opener, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Where, um, Dude, that was the second episode. Where they, where Rick makes him lighter than lighter than gravity. Mm, and mm. Then he makes his shoes heavy, so it keeps him like naturally buoyant and then he's like he's like you know he'll be fine as long as you know surely even Jerry couldn't mess up wearing shoes and they're like oh my god he's gonna die <laughs> which he almost does which he almost spoilers spoilers we, we, no, we, we've been really good with the spoilers yeah that's true um, Rick and Morty great show um, if you haven't already give it a chance give it a good watch if you've got a sen- if you've got a fucked up sense of humour like us you will enjoy it I think it's um there's other things in re- in relation to Rick and Morty, though. Like, the fact, like, uh, the season three premiere after their fucking massive long wait, they released a, like, recurring loop um, on April Fool's Day. That's pretty funny. It was. Like, someone told me, I'm like, well, it's April Fool's Day, so that's, that's a fucking lie. That's 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 not really going to be there. Good April Fool's joke. But no, it was, like, the whole day. It was just a recurring loop of the first episode of season three. It was available on the internet to watch. It's pretty funny. Hey. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but the origins of Rick and Morty starting as an animation that Royland made um, called The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, which was a piss take of... Um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. Doc and Marty. Have you ever seen it? No, but as soon as you said Doc and Marty, that's the only thing I could think of. So, it is... Obviously, it's more... Yeah, it is... Like, it's more um, closely related to Back to the Future, but they are the characters that Rick and Morty are based on. Yes. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, um, (laughs) 
If you haven't seen, I'm pretty sure they're available on Royland's website to go see. Because he made more than one, but this was the very first one he made for Channel 101, which is like a uh, monthly held short film festival for pilots to see if things will get picked up. But yeah, here we go. This is a description. Uh, in, the sh- in the short, which is um, The Really Good Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, which Harmon would dub a bastardization and pornographic vandalization. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but Doc Smith urges Marty, is that spelled M-H-A-R-T-I, if anyone's wondering, that solution to all of his problems is to give him oral sex. <laughs> That's kind of fucked. <laughs> it is. It actually is um, really fucked. Like, it's more fucked up than anything you will ever have ever seen in Rick and Morty. It's probably good. But yeah, it's just really fucked up. It's just like, yeah. So it's the, the doc... Essentially, what it's meant to be is Dr. Emmett Brown convincing Marty McFly that all of his problems can be fixed if he just gives him a blowjob. Now all I can picture is Rick going, you got to suck it, Marty. Oh, no, Marty, that's... That, you just got to suck it. <laughs> like, that's... And that, funnily enough... It's pretty much it. It is pretty much. <laughs> exactly, because, yeah. That's gold. Uh, um, and so, funnily enough, because Harmon, Harmon's... He's been a right of heaps shit. He was doing Community. Yeah. Apparently, he got briefly fired from Community. I don't know why. Uh, but then was approached by Adult Swim because they wanted, like, something for their prime time slot. Yeah. Um, so he'd already seen that. This was like six years after Royland had already made the Unreal Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty. Yeah. And so he reached out to Royland and Royland straight up just went, yep, cool. I've got an idea using, we're going to change Doc and Marty to Rick and Morty though. Use those characters. He's not going to give you a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, they went to Had a Swim They and yeah, came up with it. Harmon only wanted to make 11 minute episodes. Do short. But, yeah, do short, short ones. But Alex Swim were like, no, we really want something to fill a half hour block. Yeah. So that's where they came up with the idea to have a family to work around to try and help with that. Which they've done. That out. Yeah, so they've padded that out. Speaking and then of- it was a one of the creators or an executive at um, Adult Swim decided, well, actually gave them the idea to make Rick Morty's grandfather. There you go. Did you yeah. not know that? Mm. Speaking of the family, though, mm. so a tieback that you found to oh, yes. our last episode is the voice of Summer is voiced by the daughter of Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, Spencer Grammer is the voice of Summer. So Summer Smith. I just realised what her initials would be. Not good. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> depends what time you're in and which country you're living in. They could be whether they could be good or not. Um, and then the voice of Beth is obviously, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, um, but it's the actress that plays Blondie. I never think of what Dr. No, Cox Sarah called. Chalk. Sarah Chalk plays what Dr. Cox calls Barbie. Doesn't he call her Barbie? Is it her name Elliot? Her name is Elliot, but he calls yeah. her Barbie or mm. whatever. He, lots of, probably lots of names known. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Scrubs. She's also Stella, one of the uh, shittier characters from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, is that one of, like, One of Ted's, Ted's ex. Yeah. She's an absolute cunt of a person. She's the one that leaves him at the altar. It's rough. Oh, is she? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to get back on to How Many Mother because when I decided to start re-watching it all because I, like, stopped watching about the fifth season, I was like, fuck it, I should watch it all again. Netflix decided to fucking remove it. Yeah. However, it's, it's on stand. It's all on stand yeah. now. So. <laughs> so, you know, win some, you lose some. Took them a while to pick it up, though. It did. I think there might have been like a 
probably a contractual thing there, maybe. Hmm. Well, yes, got some other weird shit here. Obviously, uh, up at the time when Adult Swim took them up on it as well, um, Roland had felt a, it was a little bit down because Fox had already rejected three of his uh, pilots that he'd put forwards to them right. for TV shows. Um, they wrote the first episode, the first draft, for the first episode within six hours. It's in um, Harmon's office where he was writing for Community at the time. Because uh, Roland insisted that he stay with him and write it. Because if he didn't, he would probably procrastinate. It would take him at least three months to write the first draft. Oh, I was going to say he was going to kill himself or something. No, no, whoa. That was, was going to get really dramatic. I was whoa, like, no, 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 no. But he, he knew he was prone to procrastination. And then you were like, he needed him to stay with him. I was like, oh, I'm No, no, so they, apparently they sat like down in his office and just like busted out the first draft of the first episode in like six hours, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. And the yeah, Dog World. Um, so the main theme for Rick and Morty, which was done by Ryan Elder, um, was actually used in a rejected Cartoon Network pilot for that Roland had made called Dog World, um, and that was actually referenced in the episode Lawnmower Dog. I know that episode. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Morty, why did you cut off my balls? Very good. Bad human. <laughs> they've also mentioned obviously lots of different uh, influences, uh, heavily The Simpsons, which is I think. Any animator, I don't think, or creator of animation can't say that they were not in some way influenced by The Simpsons. Yeah, they really paved the way for everything mm. else that came. Um, but obviously, also comparing it to Pendleton Ward, which is the creator of Adventure Time and J.G. Quintel, regular show. Yeah, I can see elements of mm. all of those in, in Rick and Morty. And he's also said that... Um, Ren Stimpy was also another strong influence, which is why their mouths, you know, their, their mouths get weird sometimes. Yeah. That's from Ren Stimpy. That was Ren Stimpy's influence on them. There you go. I just like notice the fact that their eye, their pupils and their eyeballs are not drawn correctly. Like, they're just like, like squiggles. They're, they're just like squiggles. a squiggle. They're, they're not perfectly drawn. <laughs> it's good. I like that. It, it is good. Big fan of, of Rick and Morty. I, I like the humor. I like, um, I just like everything about it. Look how fucked it is. It is. It can be Sometimes, fucked. like, life's pretty fucked, and you watch that and you go, it's funny. I like it. Hmm. I reckon it's gonna, definitely going to have an everlasting impact on pop culture. Oh, 100%. Like, what? It's... it's. I think due to its popularity as well, though, it's definitely seeped into other things. Like, for fuck's sake, um, Pringles released the fucking... Pickle Pickle Rick, Pickle Rick flavored, flavored Pringles. Pringles. They like, had other um, spin-offs as well, though. Actually, proper spin-offs. They've had, like, video games. Yeah, they've got video games. The VR game. I haven't got that yet, but I want to get that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, obviously, I mean, the man Simpsons couch gag as well. Yeah, Simpsons couch gag. That's when you, when you know you're pretty well. Yeah, made. you know you've made it when you're part of it. If you're doing Simpsons, uh, you know, any sort of Simpsons cameo, you mm. learn nowadays. Oh, well, apparently they did one for Adventure Time. I didn't realise that. Did not know. I mean, I haven't watched Simpsons in years. I think, uh, here we go. Don't crucify me. I feel like Simpsons is as good as it used to be. Oh, it's and not. Season from season thirteen onwards, it started going. Thirteen. Holy fucking seven. shit! That's over half the seasons now. Then yeah. is what you're saying. Are uh, not. Uh, and not up to scratch. Not up to scratch. There's not some standard. Gems, there's some gems between. Oh, you still get. You still get see through which are fucking good. Some gems between probably thirteen and twenty. There's some, but everything after twenty is just fucking garbage. Mm. The Lady Gaga episode with with Lisa and like like the whole girl power thing it was like it was so ham-fisted and forced it was horrible mm. like i like that stuff when it's done right and it's done for the right reason mm. when it's sort of just yeah, like done for the sake is because we can because we can mm. uh, or we feel like we should ghostbusters um <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's, it's shit. I hate when they do that. Yeah. yeah first thirteen Agreed. seasons. Even season one. Season one of the Simpsons is a bit average because they're sort of finding their feet in the animation style. Yeah. Fucked. But yeah, season one of Simpsons is like I was re-watching season one of the day and I was actually watching. I'm like, how did this? How did this continue? Like, it, it really is not actually that great. Season one's pretty bad, but I think season one's because they've just they just branched from the Tracy Allman show to TV mm. and then done... They were trying to find that balance of between being wholesome and family-friendly and the, the, the stereotypical American family and then being sort of outlandish. And so they didn't really strike that it's balance. It's crazy, but like season two. one has like crazy episodes. That's what they were going for. Like Homer tries to fucking kill himself. Yeah. Lisa gets like that real bad fucking depression. Yeah. So like, actually, I think they might be in the same episode. Because they're trying. Um, they're, they're trying to find the balance. So when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're trying to balance something, you usually go one extreme to the other. <laughs> Till you find uh, that balance. Yeah. But yeah, well, I'm sure we'll do. I'm pretty sure the Simpsons are in the hat, so we'll have to do. I reckon they deserve their own. Their own. Episode. Yeah, there's so much there to unpack. There's too much to cover. Well, we can do a whole episode on them as well because mm. there is video games, movies, or movie, and TV show. 100%. Look at that. So we might have to do that one day. Lock it in, Eddie. Down the, uh, down the road. The, uh, which one is it? The first episode of season three of Rick and Morty mm. is titled The Rick Shank Redemption, which is an excellent segue to our movie topic. The Shawshank Redemption. One of my all-time favourite fucking movies. It's so good. Um, to be fair, it's most people's all-time favourite fucking movie. And but, if it's uh, not, you should probably go fuck yourself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Don't be around the bush there. No. Look, some things you're entitled to your opinion on. If you think that Shawshank is a bad movie or it's not a great movie, you've got appalling taste. Heard it here first, folks. I'm sure people have said that before. <laughs> Other people that... Have some righteousness about the movie. Yeah. And it's like, you don't like Shawshank Redemption? Well, then get the fuck out. It's written by one of the greatest writers of all time. Plus, it's like just so well put together. There's, you can't... It is. It really is. you can really have against it. Mm, I think, people yeah. people that hate it just for the sake of hating it. <laughs> they probably are. I'm usually that sort of spiteful person, but you can't do it because it's just such a fucking good movie. And it is. Like, the way the story's told, everything. It's <clears> fucking... <throat> it's great. I think that really... Uh, kick-started Morgan Freeman's narrating career. <laughs> Definitely. It's interesting because, um, like, going back and, yeah, watching it again, uh, so I hadn't watched it in, in a few years, it did change, I guess, my perception of the movie. So, you know, I always seen it as, you know, it's a story about Andy. Um, it, just, by the way, just get it out of the way. You should have seen it by now because the movie is, like, what, over 20 years old? So, but spoilers, whatever. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it by now, it's that much a part of pop culture. You'd know most of the stuff anyway. That's true. Um, like, always been about Andy and him being wrongly convicted for a crime he didn't commit and his path to freedom. Uh, but re-watching it, I saw it more as it is Red's story. It's Red's more story. More than Andy's, it's yeah. Red's story, but he's... Telling you about Andy. Remembering fondly of one of the biggest impacts to his life hmm. in there. Well, it's his dear friend. It's his dear friend. If it wasn't for Andy, he wouldn't have had shit to do when he got out of That's true. jail. Mm. Like, That's it. He's retelling the tale of yeah, his dear friend Andy that he met and fucking changed shit up. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. Like, and I think it's good to rewatch movies that you haven't seen for a while, again, as an adult or different parts in your life. Because mm. as you grow and as your like, life experience, I guess, improves, you, you notice more things than you, Definitely. Did when you were younger. 
Like <laughs> like watching cartoons that you watched as your kid, you watch them as you get older and you're like, right, how was I allowed to watch this as a child? Like how Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life works in a sex line. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, just all those little things. And it's like, I mean, but I mean, same thing about Disney, watching Disney movies. They put subtle um, adult jokes in there, which you'd never pick up on as a child because you're fucking innocent and everything else. But re-watching as an adult, you're like, whoa, holy shit. What? Shrek. Lord Farquaad's name yeah. is literally yeah. fuckwad. <laughs> Fucking gold. But kids don't pick up on that. But I think one of the big things I noticed re-watching it recently for this episode is when you see Andy walk in for the first time into the prison, mm. He, if you look at the other prisoners in the line coming off the bus, they're looking around everywhere, they're freaking out, some of them are crying, some of them are you know, really nervous, well they're all pretty nervous. He's dead steely, just looking... I think he's looking straight ahead or looking right at the ground, one of the two. And I, what, well, for, for me, I interpreted that as he's doing two things. One, he's either psyching himself up for this is my reality now, I need to realise this is where I'm going to be for a long time. Or two, which is the one I'm leaning more heavily towards, is he was already planning his next moves. Because hmm. he's a very... Funny. Red did not agree with you. No. Red thought that he was... Uh, he had a stick up his ass and... He was going to be the first one to... Uh, the first one to break. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. He was actually fairly unbreakable. Mm. But um, very intellectual sort of character. Always thinking mm. moves ahead. And he... Well, it's definitely Tim Robbins' biggest role. Oh, definitely. He, I don't think he's done anything since that was... The only thing he did better than that was marrying Susan Sarandon. <laughs> it was a big win for him. <laughs> that, even that ended... Right. I thought they were still together then I was doing research for this I was like they're the most successful Hollywood couple no they're not no I would put that potentially down to Michael Douglas Catherine Zeta-Jones actually they've been together fucking years like yeah decades yeah and it's not like a it's not like a uh, Anna Nicole Smith thing either like she's not with this older dude for the money or anything like that no they're, they're legitimately they're legitimately in love mm. and it's going and they you know I actually follow her on social media and she's always posting photos of the family and like yeah, nice. him and that and mm. her and her together doing stuff. And Do you know she's Welsh? Did not know that. Do you know she's like, I think she's like in her 60s or something like that, late 50s. Yeah, right. 60s. She's still looking very good for her age. Yeah, well, well, you can when you got that much money and you live in Hollywood. Well, this is true. And they've really perfected the uh, plastic surgery arts mm. now. Bit you of Botox. You don't, you don't look like a fucking lizard person. <laughs> you do uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really iconic scenes in and quotes even from Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Uh, is it Shawshank Redemption says, get busy living or get busy dying? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is red. red at some yeah. point. Yeah. May even be the uh, tagline for this episode. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There you go. Calling it, calling the shot early. Calling it now. But there's just some really great scenes like the scene where they're, they're tar on the roof. Oh, a classic moment, that one. And Andy arranges to get the fella some beers. Doesn't mm. drink any himself. He's just sitting there. He's just there. He's just helping his brothers out. But he knew... I think that was the first time he started making moves towards his actual end game, mm. uh, if you will. And he's a very patient man, Andy, wasn't he? Like, very he, he, patient He fuck man. knows how long was in his head that he needed to get there somewhere. And he saw that opportunity. And it almost cost him his life because the fucking guard was going to throw him off the fucking roof. Yeah. But Probably didn't approach it the best way by saying, "Do you trust your wife?" Straight up, like, <laughs> <It's> like 
It's not a good way to start a conversation with someone. No, no, anyone. That, anyone. Especially someone who's a prison guard that you know has a fucking temper because you saw him beat the shit out of someone the first night that you were there and beat not them just, to fucking yeah, death. Yeah, beat him to fucking death. Like, probably not a great idea. Mm. But I think he knew that he had to get in with one of the guards first. And why not? To get the warden. Why not take the big dog? Take the big dog to get the warden's attention. Mm, true. So that's, that, was the, that was the critical point to his plan was to get the warden's attention. But no, I think it was... Um, I was Because when I was looking into it as well, I found like this whole fucking thing about people being like... It's like there's all this fucking religious symbolism and everything else behind like Andy's um, redemption and everything else and the way he didn't like this scene for instance where he's on the roof because I'd try to compare like all the other guys that he's selected to work on the roof with him kind of like the apostles and shit like that and he's got the fucking bread the beers and everything else for they're, them they're is like him. yeah they're following him he's got and he supplied them and I, I was just like oh. he's, he's oh, I hated it well. I fucking hated it I, I did I wasn't a fan of that um, interpretation yeah but I can see it. how people could make that I can see how they can do it yeah you know, he was teaching them as well and he mm, was, that's it you know, yeah helping them to better themselves I guess I just like the idea of it it's the same as when I was playing when I played through Red Dead Redemption 2 mm. the idea I got these sort of weird sort of ideas in my head and one of them was when you could take a bath in Red Dead Redemption mm. you, uh, in my head I'm like if you were living in them times how fucking good would a hot bath feel mm. you'd be like sitting in there washing all of the fucking shit off you I mean granted you'd be sitting in all of the shit that you just washed off of yeah that's why I don't like bathing but, bathing I'll shower don't get me wrong I don't yeah, not bathe does not bathe <laughs> I do shower but I fucking yeah that's why I, I don't take baths purely because of that you sit in your own fucking filth Josh only does whore baths in the sink with a tea towel that's it just fucking shit <laughs> um, but that's what I sort of drew the comparison to that was the the cold beers on a hot day mm. yeah, you, feel, you feel great after you've done a hot you know you've done the, the mow the lawns and you have a beer on a hot day let alone just tar the fucking roof true because that's hard, that'd be hard as well mm. I like a lot of the characters like there's some really good characters like Brooks is a great character yeah Rip it's, Rip is sad but he's a classic case of you know he had no place in the, in the modern world oh, what they said long. didn't they say he'd been in there since the 20s yeah and what he got out like he'd been there for 50 years like in most of his fucking adult life like holy shit yeah so and as I said he was institutionalised yeah so you think about if you if you'd gone into jail say in the 60s and you came out in the two, in the 2010s Whew. your brain would just be like what the fuck is Man, going on yeah holy shit everyone walk around fucking phones fuck I doubt like, like oh, screens get, everywhere where can I get a cassette tape fuck are you on about oh I don't surely people even if they've been there they want to be that naive I don't know we live in a pretty fucked society now man people are dumb that's true that's true I really liked how the dude that beat the shit out of Andy and raped him got the living shit kicked out of him by that big head guard mm. so it still never makes it clear whether or not he actually did get raped or what or not you see you reckon it did you said like and he lost out a few times. Yeah, because Red basically says that, you know, he fought him off sometimes and sometimes he wasn't able to. Hmm. So, it's not explicitly said. Yeah, but I thought... I took... The, uh, the way I interpreted that was more like... Because he did try. They just beat the shit out of him. More so than raped him. Yeah, but, like, if, you, if your plan was to rape someone and then you beat the shit out of them and they were unconscious, your job's got a whole lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. 
Um, so, uh, based on a novella by Stephen King, um, yes. originally titled Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption, which is um, interesting because Rita Hayworth, technically she does appear in the movie, but she's no actual part of any storyline or anything. Except she's but the poster that covers up the... I don't, think they, I don't think they did use Rita Hayworth for that at any point. Yeah. It was? She's the first one, because remember when... It was Rita Hayworth? When um, sure? Andy says to Red, I need you to get me Rita Hayworth. And he's like, it'll take a couple of weeks, but I can. And then you give him the poster. That's right. Which is interesting. We'll go into that. In Obviously, in the cinema, where he asks to get a poster, as you just mentioned, the movie they're watching is called Gilda, which stars Rita Hayworth. However, that was not the original movie that they wanted to get on there. So, budgeting and, you know, licensing and whatever else. That, that's what they ended up getting. They originally wanted to get The, the Lost Weekend um, to play. And that movie does not actually star Rita Hayworth. There you go. I don't know why Gilda wouldn't have been their first choice. Just just for that homage, I guess, more to, to the original novella's title. Yeah. And it gave, it gave birth that scene where Red's like, I love when she does that shit with her hair, when she, like, flicks her mm. hair back. and oh, The old classic hair flick. And, uh... Think that you mm. think that's what got people going back in but, them days. Now it's like it's got to be like explicit nudity for people <laughs> to be like, yeah, I love that bit. Um, apparently, though, because of the title of the short novel, people did apply or audition, sorry, for the role of Rita Hayworth. Apparently, including a guy in drag, which obviously was not actually a role in the film. So, soz, soz, no role for you guys. The tree that the interesting about the tree that where Andy hid the, the stuff for Red, the items, the items. They um, that tree was. Obviously, a huge tourist attraction for a while there, and then it was like hit by lightning, and then it was still still up. But then it got blown down in a storm or something like that. Mm. And they actually uh, used it to make little rock hammers and, and pretty cool. some memorabilia and stuff for for people to buy. Mm, you think like, that'd probably be worth a lot? Because I mean, obviously, only a limited amount could have been built or yeah. created or made, whatever, from obviously whatever was left available because it didn't get struck by lightning and would have fucked it up hardcore, I imagine. Yeah. They'd probably be worth a fair bit. They would be. Anyway, so this is actually something that I found really cool. I didn't realise that Stephen King did this. So I found out a thing called the... Oh, it's a bunch of short films and movies. They're called The Dollar Babies. Yeah. So this was really cool. So apparently Stephen King, against the advice of his lawyers, came up with this thing where up-and-coming filmmakers, students, things like that, could take one of his short stories, anyone they wanted, and turn it into like a, a short film, like a film festival or something like that, or use it for their portfolio, whatever. Um, and all they had to do was pay him a dollar. He retained all the rights to the movies and stuff. His, it was still his copyright to him, but they only had to pay him a dollar to do it. And it was basically under the proviso that they didn't then go and release it and for general publication and try and make a profit off it as well. Right. It was more to help, yeah, upcoming filmmakers get a portfolio together to help them make a name for themselves. And so, so uh, I think it was uh, Frank, Fred, Frank Darabont, who directed and did the screenplay for it. He had originally done a dollar baby deal with him for uh, The Woman in the Room in 1983. And then he returned later on after doing that uh, with $5,000 and offered King, Stephen King, $5,000, obviously, um, for the rights to be able to turn Red Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption into a movie, which Stephen King said, yeah, cool, no problem. Five Gs, and, five Gs. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and Stephen King apparently was a little bit perplexed. He wasn't actually... He, he himself could not see how that short story could be turned into a successful movie. 
That's why he writes um, books and doesn't make movies. It's true. But um, yeah, apparently Darren Brown was just like, it's plainly obvious how this would become a movie. Which is funny because Stephen King actually then went on record and saying that Shawshank Redemption is, is his favourite film adaptation aside, alongside it is, yeah. um, Stand By Me. Mm, that's true. another great film. It is. And he, he actually has also said like, because apparently the, the dollar deal um, as well, you have to give Stephen King like a copy of whatever film that you've made. So, so he's got a vault of just all these... Yeah, he's got... Yeah, apparently movies. no one knows exactly how many he actually has. Like, a few of them are known that have been made, but no one knows the... Can we get a dollar together and just fucking buy a movie off of Stephen King? Just well, you just one buy one of his stories and you have to make a movie and then we have to make it for him. Yeah. But that's not the point. You're not making it for him. But um, apparently he's actually said out of all the dollar babies, he actually said that the one that Darabont made for the woman in the room is actually the best one. He actually... And he said, like, a lot of them aren't that great. But apparently the woman in the room was the best one that was made. Um, it was then he didn't actually do anything with it, though, for five years. And then he wrote the whole screenplay for Shawshank Redemption in eight weeks. Yeah. And then he adapted two other... He does, yeah. King, uh, um, ...books into movies as well with, with The Green Mile, which is probably more of a better tie-in than The Mist. The Mist is the other one he made. But mm. The Green Mile is another great prison movie that he's made. Basically, yes, that was a great. That was another good... Quite a good movie. Um, this is a cool thing, though. King never actually cashed the check that Darabont wrote for him. And after the film came out and everything else, he actually framed it and gave it back to him with a note that said, in case you ever need bail money, love Steve. Oh, Sweet. It's pretty cute. It is. That's pretty cool. Seems like cool. A, he seems like a pretty decent dude. He actually does, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, He's got a sick, twisted mind, but it seems like a pretty good bloke. Most people that have got a sick, twisted mind are actually pretty good blokes. It's true. It's true. Even the female blokes. Hmm. Uh, I found a few differences between the story and the movie. Mm. One, unfortunately, um, Brooks, Brooks apparently actually dies in a retirement home. Oh, seems uh, sadder. It, it is. I don't think he kills himself though. So I think he actually dies of natural old age. Causes. Yeah, natural causes. Still pretty sad. This one is a little bit annoying. So Tommy actually makes a deal with the warden for a transfer to a nicer prison, so that he doesn't give out evidence. Rather than getting gunned down. Gunned down. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for the movie, it probably worked better. Otherwise, you'd hate the fucking shit out of Tommy. And it's more, yeah, it's more dramatic. It is. It is. There's um, also, um, apparently, there actually are several wardens during the time that Andy's in the prison. But it was Estesia, obviously, for the movie, I think. Yeah. And it make, I think it makes sense to just have the one warden the whole way through. Because the warden, the warden ends up offing himself anyway, doesn't he? He shoots himself. Yeah, he does. Because before he get yeah, he when knew, the police rock knew, up, yeah. he knew he'd done. He, he knew that he'd done goofed. And he knew that he was going to end up going probably into Shawshank, which he did not want to do. Ooh, fuck no. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I liken the scene to the scene where the, the head guard beats the head of the sisters. I can't remember his name. Boggs. Mm. when he beats him and puts him in a wheelchair I'll always liken that to the scene from Once We're Warriors where Jake, where Jake beats the shit out of Uncle Bully mm. very similar like someone that deserves to get some comeuppance get some savage come comeuppance mm. always good when you say that you know, yeah. like that fucking dog deserved that shit like, hear that shit coming mm. It's funny because well, basically they were a little bit, it's a little bit of two characters you love to hate and wasn't it like you didn't like Boggs but you just didn't like the prison guard moving on so Rob Rayner who's co-founder of Castle Rock yeah, um, he's also a director. He actually offered Darabont between two and a, two point four million and three million dollars to allow him to direct the movie. Rayner, funnily enough, was also the director of an adaptation of one of Stephen King's novellas called The Body. One guess what that movie was called? The Body. No, Stand by Me. Oh. 
There you go. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So he, he was actually the director of Stand By Me. Right. As well. He also apparently wanted to cast either Tom Cruise or Harrison Ford as Red. Because because Red was actually meant to be an Irish. Which they make a joke about. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the, he well, makes that su- subtle joke. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was a, originally he was a, an Irish redhead, which is why he's called Red in the book. And then, yeah, and then, like, this guy really wanted to direct this movie because he said as part of the deal, they would let him, they would finance any other film that he wanted to develop. He um, smell the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, obviously, he must have been a fan as well. Like, he'd done Stand By Me. Obviously, it was a bit of a fan of Stephen King's work and adapt, yeah. adapted him as well, I think. Um, so, he obviously, he didn't. He went on to do it himself, but he did take Rainer on as his mentor for the film. There you go. Hmm. It was interesting. And people still tour the, the actual prison that was used... The People actually go and tour the, the actual prison. The yeah, hang on, I have got this. Is it? I don't. I can't remember if it actually was a prison or not. Uh, oh no, it was it was the Mansfield Reformatory uh, Preservation Society. Sorry, they're, they're the ones that took over it. I did have the name of it written down here somewhere, but whatevs. Um, they took over the prison. Um, they actually purchased it for one dollar in two thousand. Dollar babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're more dollar ba- um, they maintain it as a historical landmark because yeah, there's like that that prison um, was like wrapped up in a whole bunch of controversy about the way I think um, like living conditions and things like that. And actually, the pris- the prisoners actually managed to get like a, a collective lawsuit against the state for the way that they were treated. I think they were like like smashed in there and like. You know, there was more people than there should have been and everything else. And they actually won. And the prison got shot down. Now, then it became part of a movie. Mm. No, it's been used for a couple of others, but obviously Shawshank's the most uh, iconic thing that it's ever been used for. Yeah. They do tours and things of it and everything else. Um, here you go. Cool. I'm going to throw a couple of things at you. Tell me what you think. How would you have felt seeing the role of Andy being played by either Gene Hackman or Robert Duvall? Nah, wouldn't have been a fan. Clint Eastwood or Paul Newman? Newman I could probably see, mm-hmm. but... Still wouldn't have been as good. Uh, they were all offered the role, but declined. Or unavailable. Um, and then, the, yeah, Tom Cranks. Tom, Tom Cranks. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, and Kevin Costner were also offered the role in past. Um, Tom Hanks more so because he was doing Forrest Gump at the time. Yeah. And Costner was doing Waterworld. Ugh. Yeah. Um, Here we go. I've, I've got more. I've got, I've more. got more. Oh, oh, yeah. Johnny Depp, Nicolas Cage, and Charlie Sheen. See, I feel like any of those guys would work okay. It's just people like... Charlie Sheen, you reckon? Yeah. Actually, no, actually, I probably... I could, I could if, see, if I Charlie Sheen were to break into serious Because he, well, he would have been coming off the back of, like, a hot shots and things at that time, yeah, surely. If he, if, yeah. he had, if he had really applied himself, mm. he would have done well, I reckon. But you need someone like... That's why I sort of was a bit off-put when you said, like, Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, Clint Eastwood, mm. those three, because they were... Around that time, they were already established as, like sort of more actiony macho sort of leading men true true whereas like you don't for the for the role of Andy it can't couldn't have been someone that was macho and, and, and mm. brash it had to be someone that was quiet and unassuming there you go well this is funny because um, Cruz actually did a table reading yeah but he sort of do it because he didn't want to work with someone as inexperienced as Darabont he's such a fuckhead he is he's such a fuckhead but at the same time I watched this um, Graham Norton clip the other day where they did like this thing with green screen we got audience members to come up and they would do like a explosion and a jump onto some you know like gym mats or whatever and the thing that surprised me is I didn't expect this but 
all the people that came up, Tom Cruise actually took the time to then go up to them and shake their hands. So I don't know, like, maybe he's had a bit of a change. There's one that he didn't just because she walked off on the opposite side of the stage to what he was on, but you could tell, I could, you could see, like, he was about to do it and then realised it's going to be real fucking awkward if I just chase her the fuck down and shake her hand. Maybe he was recruiting so for the cult. I mean, Scientology. <laughs> Johnny Depp would have worked. Johnny Depp, that you reckon? Time, around that time would have been... Around that time... They would have been... That would have been off... Young... Um, that would have been off Gilbert Grape. Oh, I was going Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I'm thinking... Cause I'm thinking like, when he, he dies in that fucking whirlpool of blood on his bed. Because he, he was pretty young in Gilbert Grape, and it would have been... What's that in Gilbert Grape? And that would have been around that time, I imagine. <laughs> um... But no, so when when Robbins was actually cast for the role, he insisted to Darabont that he used Roger Deakins as their cinematographer. So Roger Deakins is actually considered like basically one of the best fucking and most influential cinematographers of all time. Fuck, I thought you were actually about to say Roger Deakins was actually the cinematographer for Firefly and I'm like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) No, I didn't get a tie-in. My bad. Um, But anyway... So, yeah, he has... Uh, so, Deakins has actually worked in films like Fargo, A Beautiful Mind, Skyfall, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049. Um, I did I did make a note here, though, that he does look like an Oompa Loompa with white hair. Oh, really? Yeah, because like, when I looked him up in a picture of him, I was just like, he looks like a fucking very aged Oompa Loompa with white hair. Well, Oompa Loompas have to get older, I guess. They do, they do. Yeah, I mean, it got a bit of a rough going as well. So, that's, I think that's the thing we also haven't mentioned yet, though, is that it actually fucking didn't bomb, but it did not do well the box office in any way. So, it got released the exact same weekend that Pulp Fiction was released in. Ooh, right. So, it went up against Pulp Fiction, plus it was going up against Forrest Gump, which was already, like, off a massive extended run as well and was still doing really well. So, yeah. Or so, a delayed release, if that was me. Fucking hell. Yeah, um, and the thick that apparently prison films just weren't doing well. Like, people were very hesitant about just doing it before it even got made just because apparently prison films don't not... weren't weren't flavour of the month, I guess. Or year. Or decade. Whatever. Well, yeah, but flavour of the month. <laughs> Wasn't the flavour of the day, the week, or mm. even the year. Uh, so, look, uh, only... When it... So, the box only just made back its budget of 25 mil. Uh, when they say that it ended up making a total of 58.3 so it did double it yeah obviously it's not good uh, however it was getting released to videotape and then selling the rights to use it on t- on TV where it's made back like shit loads of its money because it didn't do so well it got like a, it got nominated for seven Academy Awards it didn't win any unfortunately um, but yeah because it didn't do so well they could sell it for primetime slots on TV, at a lower cost, still make heaps of all the advertising money. Yeah. So, basically what they fucking did. Well, I remember and used, then, used to be on TV a fair bit. When well, I that's it. Like, yeah. So, that's how it got syndicated so much through, like, all the TV networks. And that's how people started then picking up on it. And people started word of mouth and stuff after it finished its airing time at the cinema. People started talking about it, like, have you seen this fucking movie? So, it developed a bit of a cult following, really. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah it did. Funny that. Funny that. <laughs> yeah, and so it was after that that it actually, yeah. And there's what... So, when it started airing on TV in 1997, it was able to do that, yeah. And where it led to it getting a lot of airtime because of it, where it started to actually achieve record-breaking numbers, which is, yeah, basically considered what actually boosted it to the status of people loving it and knowing it so well afterwards. There you go. Do you not know it was, uh, yeah, not, not as successful, because mm. it was always sort of as being like a... 
super successful film but no it really wasn't at the cinemas um here we go this is just to show you just how much it it means to them though so gone on to release about 80 million dollars in home video sales after it got released um but apparently according to warner brothers it is actually like one of their most prized titles that they have in their catalog oh really it is yeah like apparently they like they're like yeah that motherfucker brings in money I don't think they would ever sell the rights. No. Um, just a few other little tidbits. It's, uh, it's also been named the greatest film to have never won an Academy Award too. That's fair. Obviously, it went up against some big competition. I think it lost out to Forrest Gump and everything as well, which is kind of fair enough. Forrest Gump is a good movie. I'll, Forrest I'll, Gump I'll give it that. a great film. Uh, but it is cited consistently as being one of the greatest films of all time, um, like in polls and things like that. Like It doesn't always cap the top, but it's consistently like always up there, usually within the top 10. Yeah. Like, it's very consistent in that regard. I think um, you ask a lot of people, like, their top... Even, like, their top five favourite movies. Exactly. It, it'd be in there a lot. It's all, it, it does. It pops up a lot. And, uh, and there's a poll done in Britain in 2015 for Britain's favourite film. Uh, it did not win, um, but it was the only film to appear in the top 15 for every age group. Wow. So, again, it's that consistent thing. Yeah. And Pop Fiction apparently did better with Younger and Gone with the Wind. With older voters. Gone with the wind. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've seen it. I know stuff from it, but I don't... Hmm. I don't think I've seen it. I was actually... I actually introduced my wife to Shawshank. She'd never seen it before. Really? Yeah. So, when you were watching it for this, or... No, no, no. This was, like, ages ago. Oh, okay, okay yeah. Together. Actually, she, you know what? I think Liz had seen it before. Um, we started dating either. I was like, did you watch this movie? She's like, what's this movie? I'm like, we'll watch it. Just watch it. It's one of the greatest films you'll ever feast yeah. your eyes upon. Yeah. She actually liked this one. I like Pulp Fiction because she has appalling taste, but not in men. Also, <laughs> uh, oh, Morgan Freeman's son appears in the movie. I don't know if you knew that. Do you not know that? Is he the one that gives him the stuff? Um, no, no. So they used him for like the younger mugshots of Red. Oh, um, he's all, Yeah, he's also... Um, apparently, he's the prisoner shouting fresh... One of... One of Prisoner shouting fresh fish against the, the fence. defense. Yeah. He's an extra. He's extra, yeah. It's like, um, that makes sense though. It's like when they use Ice Cube's son to play him in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, right. It makes sense because but, yeah. you'd think he'd have his mannerisms down and hmm. all that sort of stuff. No, obviously, you know. Look similar. You would hope so. But yeah, I mean, that's about most I've got. Apparently, Brad Pitt was also originally cast to play Tommy. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. I could definitely see that. But he just found success after Thelma and Louise. So it was like, nah, I'm successful now. I don't need to take a supporting role. I don't need role. this shit. <laughs> Look, I would just like to say, if you haven't seen it, wow. Yeah. As Molly would say, do yourself a favour. Get out You should under. watch this film. Get out from under the rock you've been living under. Mm. Watch that shit. Did you... Was that meant to be like a pun because it's another fucking prison film or... No. All right, good. That was just a statement to think okay. a common phrase, get out from under the rock. It is, but you know. There is the movie The Rock with uh, Sean Connery and Nick Cage. Another good prison movie. Apparently, I haven't actually seen it, which is why I, 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 controversially, I'm actually a bit of a big fan of Nicolas Cage. I actually enjoy watching Nicolas Cage in films. You like you like people that have no volume control, like no standard volume control over mm. their voice, so they, they talk really quiet and they start yelling for no reason. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's good. Like, Con Air, great fucking film. That majestic mane of hair that he's got. Exactly. Face off. I want to take his face off. 
classic. Classic. Snake Eyes. Classic, see? Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. He's a troubled rider that wants to kill himself and wants to spend the week with a hooker getting fucked up before he does. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> why not? I mean, if, if you're going to do that, why not? Yeah. Um, all right, let's... Uh, let's do it. Let's consult the hats. The all hats right. of destiny. What have we got? You don't know, because... That's, that's you know what? Really, I don't think I don't think they're ever going to get a label. That's uh, not how destiny works, mate. Hmm. All right, we have a film, a film, and it is Bueller. Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. A fucking good movie. Absolute cracker. Do you want me to draw them all? Or do you want to draw one? No, mate. Look, they're right next to you. Right, you go. I'll draw them all then. All right, TV show. We've got Ren and Stimpy. Ren Stimpy? Isn't that funny? We mentioned that earlier today. Oh, I did mention that earlier today. Fucking look at that. That's good. Oh, no. Yes. No. No. No, yes. I was actually trying to think. I was like, shit, I think I've got a Firefly reference already going, but it's Futurama, so don't worry about it. Okay. I wasn't... I, wasn't I, can link, I can probably link that to Firefly, though, so don't worry about it. I wasn't... Overly worried, like I wasn't gonna lose sleep. <laughs> and I'm guessing this is the video game hat. You bloody well hope so, eh? It's not. Bioshock. Bioshock game series. Yeah. Good. Still, uh, I like Bioshock game series. Yeah. I didn't mind the first two. Oh, I didn't like the second one as much. Third oh, one was good. I wasn't a fan of the third one. Okay. Controversy. I really like it. Controversy. I liked Infinite. But uh, yeah. So as always, uh, feel free to follow us if you haven't already. Follow us on all the social medias. Uh, all of the social all medias. All the social medias. So. Facebook, Instagrams, Twitters, all of that. All of that. Is that, is that is that all of the social me- social well, media? All though. the main ones. Is it? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Cold of Popularity. Search that, you'll find us. Or Cold of Popularity podcast, you'll find us under that as well. Again, feel free to give us any suggestions or anything that you, any sort of feedback. Uh, we are open to it. We do have actually. Our first I was going to say, yeah, first we suggested are- episode coming up very soon that is correct so what have we got so we thank you very much for your suggestions we've been given um, what was the movie it was Night Watch I believe Night Shift Night by, Shift uh, there we go followers Luke Coulson very good um, thank you thank you Luke um, and then we had uh, Chronoxus on Instas has given us two done us a two far he has he's sorted us out with the with the next two so we got TV show which I was actually uh, I was actually a bit excited about Luke Shaft uh, yeah, Mighty Bush, um, absolutely fucking classic. Um, good timing too, because there is the rumor mill's got it going. Noel Fielding um, has got people's hopes up. I hope not falsely that it might be making a comeback as well. So that would be fucking cool. Yeah, and uh, video game was Donkey Kong Country. I believe it was Donkey Kong Country, which I've got on the uh, SNES at home. So you've got it on the old SNES. We'll be able to play. We'll fucking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Getting the mine carts. Sounds good. But yeah, that's, uh, that will be coming up shortly. All right, and so, as always, this is Cold of Popularity. Cop that.